Hi, my name is Antonio Navarro, and I'm in grade 7. Thank you for listening, uh, for tuning in to the political wrap-up, and I hope you'll enjoy the podcast. Anyway, for my IS project, I wanted to see how intertwined religion was these days after seeing things like religious leaders praying around political leaders and leaders of many political institutions meeting with religious leaders, getting endorsements from them, and having religious leaders make political messages. Now, I interviewed eight people from the school community. Since our school was quite diverse religiously, I expected a large range of opinions. Today, I'll present my findings with you and explain how religion relates to politics. I'd like to start by talking about religion, fully factual. There are currently five major religions worldwide, the most dominant one being Christianity. Now some people might assume that these five religions are extremely different, so the first clip I'd like to show you is one of my Spanish teacher, Miss Lee, who doesn't belong to a religion. I think since she doesn't belong to a religion, her opinion would be quite interesting. I don't believe or I don't have any religion, but I believe certain values. Is it like a common, like a human being has a, like a value? That is, I believe. Maybe sometimes that's why I can go to the church, I can go to the Buddhist like a temple, or if I go to the Muslim country, I can go to how did you? The mosque. Yeah, uh-huh, mosque. So I don't have any problem. Mm-hmm. But one thing is I believe, but I don't know, maybe I can say which one. But I believe something, but I can't say I'm the one person who believe or Jesus or Maria or or Buddha. That's why. That's that the reason I don't have the religion. That's why. So what she's saying is that all religions, at least she thinks, share common values. So I want to know what you think if religions share common values. So um, send them in because this is all about having also a discussion. Anyway, now I'd like to continue with my episode. And continuing on, I'd like to show another clip from Miss Lee's interview. For me, it's, uh, the values are same. So we don't need, for me, it's, uh, this is like a personal opinion, right? Why we have to class, I mean, uh, categorize different religion? You don't see the need to tag uh, different ta- religion. Yeah, Christian, Buddhist. No, for me, I think it's a, their practice or that things are different. But I think it's a common, it's a value, it's the same. So that's why I don't need to kind of uh, being a Christian or being a Buddhist. This comes, for me at least, as a bit of a surprise, as I thought she would say she doesn't follow religion because she felt like there would be too many complications and rules and too much strictness. A box would have been set around her and there would be too many boundaries. Now, Miss Montague also had a very interesting say on the topic, and she is a past believer of religion, so I will show you a clip. one of the interviewees I said uh, I was talking to uh, before, Miss Lee, she said that she's she feels okay going to any place of worship because she says that um, she feels like um, that 
every religion has very similar values of like love and things like that. And that and Mr. Deacons and Mr. Fernando and Ms. Yates all said very similar things. Um, do you believe that? I do. I um, when I go to church, I go to a congregational church. Um, and at the beginning, they say we welcome people of all beliefs, um, people uh, who have no beliefs. So often there'll be Christians, there'll be Jews, there'll be Muslims, there'll be atheists and agnostics. That was quite interesting, wasn't it? She said that she attends congregational churches where a diverse range of people with diverse beliefs come together and express their beliefs. This shows how it's possible for religions to coexist. But how? They have five different religions, aren't they? Yes, that is true. But the fact is that they share very similar values, just as Miss Lee said. An example is the Golden Rule, which is in each religion's holy scripture. Because they share similar values, they are able to treat each other the same way and with the same standard of respect. This shows how similar values are kept among all five religions and smaller religions. However, if the following is true, why are there so many religious conflicts in the world? This is where politics, interpretation, and big conceptual ideas come into play. So as I've just proven, these five religions and the smaller religions all share very similar values. So why is there so much religious tension across the world? To understand the reason why, I'll provide analysis of the interview clips I'll play for you now. Many people um, that I interviewed, they said that they felt like um, certain people don't welcome religion in our school. So um, they said that they felt like many people had opinions that um, that religion was uh, was very uh, conservative and it was very um, that it was too strict and that it didn't let people express themselves. They felt like it was like a mold for people. Well, there, in all faiths, there's the orthodox and um, the the fundamentalists, and there are the more liberal ones. Um, Korea is um, evangelical Christian, which is more toward the fundamentalists. So um, I can see where people might have that experience. Um, I come from a more liberal place, and so um, there, um, I have Jewish friends who um, do eat bacon. I have uh, Muslim friends who do have a drink every now and then. Again, the core values are more important than the others, um, than the, the little rules. Now, what she said is very important to know. She said how there are different houses of thought in a religion, the liberals, the fundamentalists, and the other groups. For example, after the acts taken by fringe group Shincheonji, less people in Korea who aren't Christian seem less open to Christianity. They assume that Shincheonji represents the Christian com community in the OK as it's the loudest. Another example is the recent actions by the Modi administration made up of devote nationalist Hindus. But many Hindus didn't support the actions taken in India recently and have denounced this. Another example is ISIS, the extremists of Islam. Due to their large media coverage and the fear behind the terrorist organization, whenever someone thinks of a Muslim, they come to an idea of conservatism and brutality, generalizing one billion people with one concept. This also shows how we consume media. 
Anyway, these stereotypes are very harmful, and because of them, we can't enter a civil conversation with each other as we already have a pre-convinced opinion and we aren't open to different ideas. This causes religious tension as we don't take the time to understand each other instead of assuming. I have another clip from that interview to help us to understand religious conflict even more. I think also, I do believe, coming from where I come from, that there should be a separation of, of church and state, and, and there should be a separation of church and school. Um, because no matter what, you're going to uh, isolate and offend some, whether they're Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, Jews, Christians. You, um, you have to be careful that uh, in a school that all faiths are welcome, and no one faith is put above the other. I think from that interview clip, we must understand that a large majority of governments rule over a large amount of people. Sure, there are countries like San Marino and the Vatican, but the majority of countries rule over a large amount of people. But in many countries, many acts made by politicians are done because of religion. For example, in the US, many local politicians have banned abortion in the name of God. So even if the government and the federal political institutions are obliged to be representative of everyone of the nation, many times the people in power have religious views and apply them on a federal level such as the BJP in India. This causes other religious groups to feel attacked and can cause conflict. Politics is an already tense subject and adding religious affiliations to the landscape causes people to treat religion with little care and treat it as votes. This is a very good example of how the two subjects play into each other. I'd like to play one more clip to understand religious conflict. there are different interpretations of religion but not only like through um through different like types of parts of okay. like for example in christianity but also religion sometimes is politicized and people take it politically sometimes they feel they have an urge to vote a certain way because of because of what their religion states or do you think um there are different types of interpretations or do you think there is one interpretation of religion? No, I think there's different types of interpretations of religion. I think that politics does have a big state and a big say in it. Um, I think, for example, like in South Africa, depending on your religion, you would look at who you vote for politically from your religion. But then I think, depending on your, so your financial, I think there's so many aspects to religion. Like, there are different perspectives in each religion depending on a lot of the churches you go to. So you could be, for example, Christianity, you could be a Methodist and one priest will preach about, for example, this is just an example, like in the Bible it states that a man and a woman should consummate to have a child, right? Mm -hmm. But then you'll have other Methodist priests who still follow the same laws and the same teaching will state that lesbians and gays are accepted. So even though you're in the same thing, there's different perspectives. So I think because every, everyone's we're all human, so we all have perspectives and information we learn about determines how we feel about things. So I assume in the Hindu faith they all follow one exact thing, but there will be Hindu priests, I don't know what they're called, who have slightly different interpretations of the information. 
This is a very good example of how religion and politics are very much intertwined. She mentioned an example from South Africa, where people would vote depending on their religion. Ms. Yates said that there are different interpretations to the same information. This matches with my analysis that there are different interpretations in one religion, yet many times people assume that there are only one. Thus, they believe the loudest ones in a religion, usually the ones who have the most extreme political views, represent all of that one religion. This causes hatred against the whole religion, even if the extremist minority in a religion doesn't represent the religion at all. This also connects to my past analysis of government roles. Many times because of the religious hatred, political movements are established and take power to solve religious conflicts. For example, in Europe, right-wing parties have gained more political power even if much of their ideas, such as banning the burqa, should not be a government proposal. Why? Because this will create religious tension not only between religious groups, but the targeted group and the government. Since the government represents the people, it feels as if, they, as if they're being attacked by everyone around them. It's Government Oppression 101. So since we've already discussed how religious conflicts can start and how similar these religions are, we should now look at how religion and religious conflicts play into politics and vice versa. I think Miss Montague made a very good point when saying there are different houses of thought in religion. But is this true when it comes to politics or not? Thus, I decided to ask Miss Montague another question to find out more. Here's the clip. Question. So, speaking about politics, do you think politics plays a role in religion? And also, do you think religion can be interpreted in different ways? For example, in the US, you have a very formidable voting block of evangelical Christians who yeah. tend to vote very conservative. So, do you, and there's also a group of, like you said, there's now Democrats are proposing like a liberal interpretation of Christianity. So, do you think there are different interpretations of religion? Uh, in the United States, the Founding Fathers made it um, quite clear that they were afraid of uh, church and state being involved with each other. Um, and uh, they, um, they have, so we have the separation of church and state. Um, but at the same point in time, we, a person's faith uh, is often brought up. For example, John F. Kennedy was Catholic, um, and we've never had a Jewish president. Um, you have Trump, um, who I'm, I'm pretty sure probably never went to church before he was president. Uh, he's having these prayer meetings. So we have a two-faced thing on it. So religion does play a part, um, but it shouldn't play a part. Um, how do you always say this? The, the government should not be regulating what church does, and church shouldn't be regulating what government does. But yet, at the same point in time, they seem uh, intertwined in U.S. politics. Um, much, uh, and certain groups do have more, like the fundamentalists, have, at certain points in time, have had uh, tremendous power over the government. So in that clip, she talked about how religion plays a large role in politics, at least in the US. For example, JFK's religion was brought up multiple times in the election trail, and many times in the US, political figures try to open up their personal life and promote it. When they do open up their personal life, one of the many things that are highlighted are their religion, and many politicians use their religion to gain votes from 
people of a certain religion. Not only does this happen in the US, but in many other countries such as Modi in India, or many developed democracies such as Australia, the politicians decide to go to events such as prayer meetings and etc. to gain votes. This is one way how religion affects how we vote, what the world thinks of certain individuals, and how religion affects the political landscape. However, this is not the only way. Politicians not only use their own religion to gain votes, but many times fear monger. I have a clip to show this. Last question. This one was a very um, this one was a very uh very vague idea. Do you think race is religion? Not that they're the same, but people. Do you think people um interpret them in the same way and treat them in the same way? For example, in Poland, many Polish far right MPs have um they said they that in that they didn't like Syrian asylum seekers, but many times they interpret that as Islam. Oh yeah, I think uh, not so much with Christianity, but I I think um, uh, in 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 Jew in is Chris, uh, Jews and Muslims are Semitic people. Um, I think it's easy to um, it's easier to dismiss them as a race than it is to dismiss them as a religion. Um, I do think that uh, I do think that race does play a role in it, um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's an easy way to, um, race is a way to get around seeming to be um, religiously prejudiced. I don't know why it's more easier to be ethnically prejudiced. just played Miss Montague said she believed it's easier to dismiss an ethnicity than a religion I have two takeaways from this first of all religion and race are so intertwined just like religion and politics for example many times when people intend to say that they don't want Muslims entering the country they intend to say something about race this shows how race is so commonly treated as if it was religion and vice versa now another question that roots from this clip is why is it easier to dismiss ethnicity over religion. I believe this is so because they share many things such as geography, culture, and traditions. Religion does have the same things, but religion spreads across borders. Ethnicity is usually very rooted and thus has more of an identity and recognizable face. Since ethnicity, such as Syrian, is rooted in Syria, politicians can make harmful claims without mentioning the word religion. For example, far-right Polish MPs say they're against Syrian migrants, except the MPs seem very Islamophobic. This has also been seen with the Turks in Xinjiang, a Muslim minority in the Chinese state. The Rohingya in Myanmar are just another example. And this isn't only limited to a religion. For example, Trump calling the coronavirus a Chinese virus, why would they say something like this? The idea behind doing an action like this is to remain politically correct, but at the same time create an enemy in order to gain popular support. They remain politically correct by using the excuse national security or overpopulation while rumors circulate of religious minorities being violent and etc. They gain from this as they are able to rally everyone around them against an unpopular opponent. This is good for them when they are in a political crisis at home because they can easily say, we should stop focusing on my failures and unite against this threat. It distracts the public and media and shifts the blame. Because of that, usually media consumption also has something to do here. However, many times, doing this can create religious conflict because people will start to attack the enemy 
enemy, even if there might not be one. For example, when the rest rallied around its leaders against ISIS after a terrorist attack, suddenly hate crimes against Muslims rose. This is just one example. Now talking about rallying in groups, I wonder how important is community and religion and what this means from politics. To see this, I'm going to use a clip from my interview with Miss Yates. life like does it give you meaning yes 100% um, my religion has made my morals and values very very different to my friends I went to Catholic school like I said but even though I was in a Catholic school my friends didn't necessarily share the same morals and religions and values so for like example uh, drinking I didn't drink at all until I was 18 because I was so scared that my parents had always said like you know you can't drink till you eight so in South Africa legal age is 18 you cannot drink till you're 18 and when you get 18 then you may drink as much as you want like it's a decision you make when my friends would go out often and they would all be drinking and I was so scared of disappointing my parents breaking the rules um, and so and my religion was a, like a rule book you know things you follow and so my parents were the ones who presented the rules to me so I never broke the rules because I didn't ever want to be outcasted or ever look bad that makes sense to your community to the religious community uh, to the religious community a lot, yes, because um, you guys are nowhere near that stage. But when you get to the stage of being able to drink, um, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe your parents or your friends, parents, whatever, sometimes people take it to a different, a different level and you do silly things that you probably shouldn't do. And people talk and people are very quick to judge. So in terms of following the rules, I would never have broken the rules because of religious, the embarrassment it would have caused and just because I knew it wasn't right. She said in this clip that she didn't want to be embarrassed in front of the religious community. This outlines the importance of community in every religion. However, does this apply to politics? If an important leader of a religion makes a political statement, will the group shift closer towards the leader's political opinion because of the desire to fit in with their religious community? Or the majority of one religion shifts a certain way politically, would they feel pressure to do the same? How does this affect politics? Well, first of all, the ones with political opinions, which the majority don't have, will become quieter enforcing the one religion, one opinion generalization. This makes the loudest opinions, the extremist ones, seem to be more mainstream than they are. This can also sway an election and could cause people to feel pressured to choose their political opinion or their religion. These examples are usually seen in the West. just discussed is something in the form of peer pressure except found in religion instead of the hallways of schools. This brings up the topic of what you are committing to when you commit to a religion. In theory, you are only committing to traditions, values, rules, and beliefs of a belief system. However, by committing to a religion, you could face extensive peer pressure in other areas from people of the religious community. One of these areas include politics. To analyze this, I want to show you a clip of my interview with Miss Montague. What experiences caused you to go, um, to not follow the religion as strictly anymore? Uh, I never, um, I never fully believed in, in when you're a Christian, you have to uh, declare that you believe in the divinity of Christ. Um, I believe uh, in Christ as a, a, a revolutionary figure, um, as a historical figure, but I'm not sure I believe in him as a divinity. Um, and so, uh, because I can't commit to that, 
Um, I, I go to church for the experience of the church rather than for the beliefs. You have to, if you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew, you have to make certain declarations, and I can't make those declarations. So do you think when, um, when you're following a religion, you have to follow it very strictly, or do you think you can follow it more loosely? No, I think you should follow it. I don't think you have to follow it strictly. I think because the number one thing is to go with the fundamental beliefs of it. Um, and in Christianity and uh, Judaism and Islam, they're all books of the Bible. I mean, books of the people of the book. Um, and uh, the first thing is to love your neighbor as yourself. So um, you can follow all the rules you want to, but if you don't love your neighbor as yourself, you really can't call yourself a believer. Montague, just like many of my other interviewees, said that it's more important to stay true to the core values of a religion, like love your neighbor, instead of the small details and rules. However, why isn't the following true for religion? In religion, we see that religion has been very much politicized, and the majority of that religion has one specific opinion on a variety of issues. This means two things. First of all, religion is a very powerful tool in gaining political capital and has a large influence on modern-day political institutions, authority, and the political landscape. This can be seen in my early examples. The second thing is that when you commit to religion, it very much feels like you're not only committing to a belief system that you must follow, but you must also align other non-related areas of your life to the religion. This includes politics, and this can be seen in places like the Middle East. Depending if you're a Shia or Sunni, people could assume you're Saudi Arabian or Iranian and based on that assume your political opinions. Other examples can be found across the world in places such as the US and Israel. Trump said that if you vote Dem, then you're a bad Jew. Meanwhile in India, Modi, the leader of the nationalist Hindu BJP party, is projecting the message that all Hindus should rally around him even if he's just a politician, not a religious figure. This Modi example once again also reveals how religion is a political tool and is quite influential. In places such as Saudi Arabia, religion and politics attempt to undermine each other in their power struggle. In some countries, religion is dominant, while in other, religion has a smaller foothold. However, in most countries like India and the US, politics and religion work in hand in hand and are very integrated. Now I'd like to play another clip of Miss Monarchy. So how do you think your past experiences affected your personal opinion? and on, on religion and um, your values? Um, I think my values come from my parents. They're outside of religion, but they're the same that you would find in religion. Um, the, I don't think uh, church uh, uh, changed my values either for the good or for the bad, um, but I think uh, the, the values of Christianity, Judaism, Islam, um, they're deeply ingrained in me and my parents and my parents before, grandparents before them. Um, and so I consider even if I'm not um, a Christian by faith, um, I am one by history. Uh, so I think that's there. Um, I definitely um, am put off by people who say they're one thing but behave as if they're another. Um, and so uh, I don't always think the, um, the people who declare themselves the strongest of any faith are the actual ones who are the, the true um, ones who believe. So in short, it, your actions are more important than your statements.
So she said she's not a believer anymore. She also said that she believed the ones who claim to be the strongest in the religion truly aren't. This can be seen in politics. Politicians use holy scripture phrases and open up their religious practices in order to appeal to a voting block of religion. Voters take this very seriously. For example, a formidable voting block of evangelical Christians have appeared in the US. But why do we take religion into account when voting? Voters believe that because that politician is part of the same religion, they must share the same values, yet many times their opinions can be world apart. This is because their words aren't as good of a record as action, and their action could signal otherwise. The best way to see how someone will act in the future is their past record, not their words. I'd now like to play one more clip to help us fully understand the current topic. Thank you. Uh, do you think that um, in order to be uh, like, do you think that for to be a follower of certain religions, you have to do certain things like go to church on a daily basis? Or does it have to be very strict? Do you have to follow all of these things? Or do you think religion can be more loose and you don't have to um, follow every single thing very strictly? I think it depends on your religion. So in terms of my religion, if I was Orthodox Catholic, I have to go every Sunday. So Orthodox Catholics go every Sunday. If you don't go, you have to go to confession. Then see a priest and you can explain why you didn't go to church. So in the Methodist faith, or in Christianity in general, but in the Methodist where I, what my um, denomination is, I think it's, I think without church, you can't fellowship. And the whole purpose of a church whatever is bringing people together who have the same beliefs. So if you don't go to church, it's more difficult to find people who have the same similar morals and values as you. So that's where people fall back and the religion isn't as strong. I don't think you have to go every Sunday, but I do think if you don't go, you lose out on important information and important relationships that are developed. Um, I think the idea of having like a cell group or like a Wednesday night group is really nice because people get together um, who believe the same thing and it's a chance for you to express yourself and talk about things. I don't believe that any religion cannot have certain rules and regulations. I think you should. So in, for Christianity, we have the Ten Commandments. It's like, I'll think of a few, like, um, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, um, so like, think thou shalt not steal, things like that. So those are the rules that we live by. And I don't think you can say you're a Christian if you can't live by those certain rules. But I don't think you are a bad Christian if you don't necessarily go to church every Sunday or follow every rule and regulation there is. Okay. I think this clip clearly just shows again that you shouldn't feel like you aren't as loyal as another believer because that person's political ideology aligns better with a political leader who is an outspoken representative of the religion. I think I've learned a few things from the series of interviews I conducted. First of all, I truly realized the extent of the integration in the large majority of the world between religion and politics. I've realized how much of a political tool religion has become in places like Israel, where the leaders empower so-called representatives of the religion. A very good example is in the West, where in places like Germany, Italy, and the US, Islamophobia has risen as many politicians use religion and the idea of ISIS to gain fear among votes. 
I've realized how much religion influences the political landscape too. In India, the country has been torn apart after the Hindu nationalist surge in a 72-hour-long brutal period of fighting between Muslims and Hindus. This happened after Hindu nationalist party implemented new policies, which critics say project the message, Hindus first. Let me remind you, this party has a religious motivation. In the developed West, politicians attempt to appeal to religious voters by becoming more religious and quote-unquote a better believer, I realized how divisive a mix of politics and religion can be in places such as Palestine and Israel, where the conflict should be treated as a political power struggle rather than a conflict of religion, or dividing the Middle East between Sunnis and Shiites, which isn't actually very large. However, it has caused a power struggle in a series of proxy wars between the two dominant forces in the region. Another example is the split between Sudan and South Sudan, which was motivated by religion, but was largely a political maneuver for power. When politics and religion are integrated, it causes peer pressure, stereotypes, generalizations, and harmful claims to, me, to be made, and for the fragile coexistence between these religions to fall apart as we treat religion like politics. If we treat religion like this, conflict becomes imminent because we aren't able to have a civil conversation with all these preconceived opinions. For example, we aren't able to have a civil conversation with a Muslim if we generalize the faith with the loudest and usually most extreme group in the faith, in this case ISIS. To conclude, even if legally in most states there is a separation between state and faith, our political institutions and religion are very much intertwined, and this can be seen in the behavior of political institutions and figures and the relation between this and people. Religion has become very important in the political landscape and is very influential. All religions share common values, however these values become distorted when religion becomes political and causes religious conflict even if this shouldn't be happening. I think this whole entire experience has been really informative and useful to myself and I hope you've learned something too. Thank you for listening, thank you for listening to this brief analysis and the first episode of the Political Rapper and make sure to tune in again once the second episode comes up. Thank you, bye!